Welcome in to today's Let's Talk. I'm your host, Jay, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about something funny, something meaningful, and something for the parents out there. So grab a juice box, grab a snack, let's talk. But before we jump too far into it today, I want to thank today's partner of the podcast, Dano's Seasoning. The tagline for Dano's is yum yum, get you some. Or as my five-year-old would say about the spicy, yum yum, spicy some. And it holds up. I've used this on chicken, beef, pork, spaghetti, pasta salad, and in dressings. Pretty much everything except the dessert. Low sodium, no MSG, no sugar. And all natural ingredients bring you a world of flavor in one bottle. You can get this in original, spicy, hot chipotle, or if you stay tuned, dropping soon is a new, delicious, everything, remember that key word, everything, flavor. Go to danos.com, danosseasoning.com, my bad. Use the code BALLBOY at checkout, save money, and support your new favorite podcast and your new favorite seasoning. Why should you read a book when you can just watch a movie? One of the most famous sayings in the entire world. Tell me you haven't heard someone say that to you. Why would you read all those Harry Potter books when you can just watch the movies? It's the same thing. And then you have those die-hard book people who are like, and they just die a little bit inside. Why is that? Have you ever thought about that? I have. Kind of. I started thinking about it. And then I'm like, that would be really something cool to talk about. So let's talk about it. So grab your juice box. So is it possible that while you're watching a movie... You can't really feel the emotions which the actor is trying to deliver. However, if you're you're reading at the same time or you're reading the same thing, you know the actor's emotions at a particular time. Think about that. You're watching a movie on the big screen, sitting back in that theater, eating your popcorn, and you just have no freaking clue what's going on. Like You feel like you're missing all the context. And context is so important. And you're just sitting there like, maybe I should have read the book. And then all those people who read the book that are in that same theater with you are like, ha, I told you you should have read the book. Or they're like, wow, they did a really bad job at portraying this amazing character in the book. So why? Why does this just not add up? I feel like this doesn't add up for some reason. Why can't the movie match the book? Well, the book probably has a lot more words. The book has a lot more detail. It's more descriptive. And it paints a better picture. Hence why it's a book being put into a movie. Because it's that good of a book. Then you're looking at the book itself. And you're like, wow, this is more descriptive. This has way more emotion. I can connect it this way more. And it paints a clearer picture. Even though I'm looking at a picture on a screen in front of me, you're getting an interpretation of that picture. You're getting someone else's interpretation of what you're 
what you read or didn't read. And that's the interpretation you're, you're led to believe is the accurate one. So what is it about a book opposed to a movie that gives us that difference? Well, it tells us what's going on inside the head of the character. We're not inside the head during a movie because they have an hour and a half to keep you, hour and 45 minutes, maybe two hours, to really keep you engaged and to tell an entire story with enough context to make it entertaining while also trying to stay true to the to the book itself. But in the book, you can know exactly what's going on in the character's head, page by page, word by word, sentence by sentence. It's one of the beautiful things about books. And I'm advocating for books right now. If you know me personally, don't at me. Modifications made that are not always for the better. A lot of times in movies, there's modifications that are made that are not always for the better. I wish I could tell you an example. I'm not big into movies or books. And so I don't really read a lot of these mainline series. The last one I can tell you I watched was probably Harry Potter. And I can tell you, oh no, Lord of the Rings actually. But either way, you miss a lot of context. They take certain things out to be able to blow something else up. To make more of a story, to make it more entertaining. Hence the point of a movie. It's there to entertain. Character specifications are usually much better in novels. Hence why you can you can be in their head. You can see what they're doing. Um, you can just understand the character better. And in the movie, a lot of those character developmental, developmental things are missed. So you miss them. You don't see them and they don't make as much sense. Hence why books tend to give you more of that character context and specifications. Next, and this is more just for us as people as to why books are a little bit better than just the movies. Great leaders are always avid readers. See, I'm a good leader. I'm not a great leader. I'm, I bet if I read more books, I'd be a great leader. See, I love listening to audiobooks because you can get more of a, a picture painted for you and hearing it just really hits my brain more. So maybe do audiobooks count? Please tell me audiobooks count. You know, great leaders are avid readers. I 100% agree with that. If you want to be great, read. Read, read, read. Read about whatever you want to be great in. Learn from those words. Dive into those words. Learn, learn, learn. And then what's a world without a little imagination? That's one of the most beautiful things about books. Movies are painting the picture for you. This is what happened. This is where it happened. This is how it happened. In your head, though, you really get to expand your imagination as to what's going on in the story, what the characters look like, what they sound like, where they're at, what that place looks like. And you get more of that just beauty around you as to what it looks like, to why it happened, to what the weather looks like. Is it sunny? Is it raining? Are they on a hill? Are they in a mountain? Are they in the Himalayas? Or where are they? It's just so much better overall. So having imagination is huge. Again, movies are one person's imagination of what happened in that book. 
So again, I'll out myself here. I'm team book or audiobook because I believe audiobooks give you the same thing. You just hear it instead of reading it. And some people just learn better that way. I'm one of those people that prefer audio over the visual just for focus, focus purposes because I like to be doing multiple things at one time. I have a hard time just sitting, reading when I can listen and do something else at the same time while being productive. So all out myself, my first book series that I really loved, I loved Harry Potter as a kid because it gave me lots of AR points. If you know, you know. But the first book series I loved that was really turned into a movie was Twilight. As a, you know, preteen teenager, I really liked Twilight. They were hot, they were what everyone was talking about. I was a theater kid and Twilight was it. Twilight was amazing. The books were amazing. The movies did a pretty good job of capturing the books, I would say. Not perfect. But then last couple years, the book from Edward's perspective from Stephanie Myers came out. The audio and the words, I don't think a movie could do that perspective justice. Honestly, just because the words, the description, and just the picture that's painted within that book are just absolutely beautiful. The language that's used, the flow, the words, and everything just make books so much better. So yeah, laugh at me if you want. Team book over team movie. Audiobooks are where it's at. And yes, I was, still am, a Twilight fan. When you're bored, what do you do? Oftentimes, when I'm bored, I just sit there and I'm like, what the heck am I going to do with my time? Which I've had a lot of recently due to just life. But that's besides the point. We just spent the last two plus years dealing with and navigating COVID, which led to a lot of boredom. Whether it was not working, working remotely, you know, reading the same Monday news, reading the same five books we might have in our house, playing the same games, spending time with the same people, all of that is only so much fun and leads to so much personal fulfillment. For me, I was lucky enough to work through COVID. Very lucky to be able to say that. But there was still a lot of boredom. There was still a lot of airtime to fill. Not every day was busy. Not every day was the same. And some days were more boring than others. So what do we do when we're bored? What do you usually do? And what is boredom psychologically? How do you know when you're bored? Compared to just anxious or tired or any other emotion that you might be just calling boredom and that putting that label over. Psychologically, in the conventional usage, boredom is an emotional and occasionally psychological state experienced when an individual is left without anything in particular to do or is not interested in your surroundings or feels that a day or period is dull or tedious. Those are all ways to talk about boredom. And I would agree with all of those. Psychologically, when we don't have anything in particular to do, maybe we have something in particular to do and we just don't want to do it. We're like, oh, I'm so bored. We're really just avoiding that thing we don't want to do. 
or when we're not interested in our surroundings, maybe we're just around people we don't want to be with, or maybe we're out somewhere where we wanted to be, but then not being, so we just lose interest in where we're at and what we're doing. Or a day or a period is dull or tedious. Most days at work, am I right? <laughs> if you're listening to this at work right now, thank you, first off. Second, get to work. Three, or don't. It's your choice. But still make sure you do your job and don't get fired. So, boredom, there's so much to boredom. You know, I just, I think about it all the time. There's always stuff that I need to be doing, whether it's recording, editing, working, cleaning, cooking, taking care of kids, writing, something I want to do, but at the same time, I just don't want to do it. And is that okay that I just don't want to do any of those things that I'm quote unquote supposed to or quote unquote need to be doing? Yeah, it is. Be bored. Let your kids be bored. Let yourself be bored. Let your mind wander. Let your mind relax. Be bored. Feeling unsatisfied by an activity or uninterested in it can lead to boredom. Boredom may occur when you feel energetic but have nowhere to direct your energy. It may also occur when you have difficulty focusing on the task. Boredom is a common complaint among children and adolescents. So what, what does that mean? Well, when our kids are bored, they're usually looking for something to do. They have this energy. It comes out negatively. So then they get in trouble, but they were just initially bored. What do you do? Well, let them be bored. There's some benefit to letting them be bored. The best way to overcome boredom Maybe to explore and identify why you feel bored in the first place. If you realize that an activity isn't valuable to you, perhaps you can explore how to engage in more value experiences in the future. Or in a situation that you can't control, meditation can help you feel boredom less acutely. In the case of a dull work task, simply getting it done quickly may be the best option. So when I'm saying let yourself be bored, Let yourself be bored in a way that leads you to thinking as to why you're bored and how you can add fulfillment to that activity where you're at or add value to what you're doing. Find a way to add that value and bada bing bada boom, you probably won't be bored because then you'll be fulfilled. You'll be stimulated. Your energy will have an outlet. That's a lot of times what I do when I'm bored or I need an outlet because I have all this energy and it's not going somewhere valuable I write, I create, I think, I come up with ideas. I take that energy and I put it into a creative place. Maybe that will work for you, maybe it won't. Maybe you need to take that energy and put it into a physical place. You need to pick up a new hobby. You need to go paddleboarding. You need to go swim. You need to go run. Put that energy into that when you can. Obviously, you can't just get up from your desk in the middle of the day and run around the office. Or maybe you can. That'd be dope if you could. Just if you get yelled at, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you to do that. But yeah, let that boredom kind of fuel you into that next thing and to put it somewhere productive. Let your kids do the same thing. If you have kids, let them be bored. So then they can then ask them, why are you bored? Let them think that through. And then realize 
what they can do next to fill that boredom and to fill that airspace in their lives. And a situation that you can't control, meditate. Simply meditate. Take that mind off that boredom, that activity, that space where it's just not being productive. Bring your mind back, ground yourself, meditate. Bring yourself to a place where you can think clearly and then reapply that energy. In the case of a dull work task, just get it done. The longer you drag it out, the longer it's going to be there. Just knock it out, get it done, and thank yourself later. I like being bored. Honestly, I do. I know that sounds weird. Not many people probably like being bored. But hey, that's part of life is boredom. So let yourself just sit and be bored. Be idle. And figure out why. Why am I bored? What's not adding value? What's not adding fulfillment to my life? Oh, because I'm just sitting here watching a TV show that I don't like or that I've seen a hundred times when I could be spending this time painting, drawing, writing, doing yoga, take, doing a run, spending time with my dog, getting outside, doing this, doing that. Find those activities that will bring you value, bring you joy, and kill that boredom. And make boredom your best friend. Because now you know what to do to be able to overcome it. If it if that'll work for you. If it doesn't, there's plenty of other resources out there. I highly recommend psychology.com to kind of understand your boredom, understand what you're feeling, and to get some professional, you know, articles on how to do that. If you're still struggling with it, of course, seek professional help. Before we get into our final segment here, I want to thank our other amazing partner of the podcast, the coldest, the coldest water, coldest dog bowl, coldest pillow, the coldest ice pack, the coldest brand itself, literally has been the number one in many magazines, many polls for about five years now when it comes to their products and their water bottles. They seriously are the best. I've had Yeti. I've had Hydro Flask. I've had the coldest. Guess which one I still use? The coldest. Not just because the obvious reasons, but because they're literally the best. My Yeti, my Hydro Flask sit up in my cabinet. My coldest water is literally on my desk right now and I'm drinking from it. My ice stays icy. I kept this thing in my car on 110 degree days here in Tri-Cities in Washington, Eastern Washington. My ice is still there at the end of the day. My water is still cold. I've kept it outside, same heat, still cold throughout the day. I've done that to my Yeti, my Hydro Flask. My water is warm. My ice is gone. My ice is still there. My coldest. Dog bowls, ice packs, pillows, gallon water bottles. They're all amazing. You can save 10% on everything. Use the code BALLBOY10 at thecoldestwater.com. Save yourself money. Get you a water bottle you'll never look back on and not love. And you'll be like, man, I wish this thing kept my water bottle, my drinks cold for more than six months. Go get it now. Coldestwater.com. BALLBOY10 at checkout. Thank us later. name of that drop is house that's that's the name for a drop right there but 
we're into our third and final topic. This one's for the parents out there. Sharenting. No, I did not say that other thing. I said sharenting. What the heck is sharenting? Well, you probably do it. And I do it. We all probably do it without really realizing that we're doing it. But that's okay. That's okay. Nowadays, we post thousands of photos of our children on social media. We share the good times, the bad times, and we share the cringe and hilarious moments and bits of parenthood. Those are probably my favorite to see the cringy moments or the funny moments where the kid just will be totally embarrassed looking back on this in 10 years. But what happens when our kids grow up? Will they be annoyed at having every aspect of their early years posted online? Or will they feel angry that their parents shared every tiny detail of their early years for Uncle Tom Cobbley and all to read and comment upon? That's a good question. Because I, I don't know. I don't share a ton of my kids personally. I do share some fun things. I share some cute pictures. I share some cute videos every now and then. Heck, my daughter will make help me make Dano's videos or coldest water bottle videos. They'll be my models. They'll be the face for me because honestly, they're a lot cuter than I am. I might have a decent voice. I've been told I don't. I've been told I do. I leave it up to you. You're the one listening and loving this podcast. But I obviously you see TikTok. You see kids, some kids dominating TikTok with their parents. And you see other parents who have kids, but they blur out their faces or hide their faces every time. Or you see some parents who started hiding their kids and now their kids are the forefront. Or their kids are in and out. They don't show every moment. They show some moments. There's a big, broad mix here. And that's okay. You don't have to be at one point or another. You can change. You can go from sharing to not sharing to your kids get older and you ask them, hey, is it okay if I post this about you? Because they might not end up remembering and honestly, they might really thank you for it when they're older, when they're looking at pictures, when Instagram's not a thing, when they're teenagers. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, look at the Instagram pictures I used to post to you or look at Facebook because Meta will still be around at least. So Instagram probably will still be around thinking about it. But you think about it. I would personally have loved to have seen myself grow up through social media to see these memories these pictures, you know, growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, digital wasn't really there. But now my five-year-old loves to look back at pictures and see pictures of her as a little kid, her sister as a baby, and just really see them grow up and change and look back in these memories and it triggers those memories. And it's really a pretty cool experience when you think about it, is that her memory kind of regains recaps remembers her memory remembers let's go with that her memory remembers these moments like oh I remember that we were here doing this at that time when I was wearing that dress or I was at school or I remember that day and it's just amazing how it just comes flooding back to her I wonder if us who are parents now when we grew up in the 80s 90s early 2000s would have had that same experience, would have that same experience. I'm sure there's some families who have tons of videos, home videos, 
pictures and whatnot, and there's some that don't. And either way, it's just interesting to think about what, what would have happened. What, what would you remember? Honestly, just remember to be kind. There's a lot of positive to sharing. Even though seeing parents abuse their kids is something people do not want to see, it is good that parents are posting videos of themselves giving severe punishment to their kids or showing anything related to child abuse. This can then help us find ways to prevent or stop them from hurting their child any further. So yeah, you might be trying to make an example of your child, but you're making more of an example of yourself. Abuse is abuse. You know, of course, there's discipline, there's fine lines to follow, but remember, love your kids. If you're going to share it online, make it positive, make it fun, make it funny. Make it embarrassing for them to look back on later. Don't share you hurting them. Because that's going to hurt you you both more in the long term. We don't want to traumatize our kids. By seeing videos and pictures of other parents around the world, we're able to feel less alone. We're able to talk to people who are in similar situations as they are. Heck, I made friends online and you're like, hey, I'm struggling with that too. Or hey, I struggled with that too. Let's talk. Can I can I give you some unwanted advice from an internet stranger? I made friends that way. I made connections. That's crazy. We just are people. We want to we want to relate. We want to feel supported. We want to be able to connect with our family, our friends who live far away, or can even help those who recently become parents. They're not sure how to handle a new child. We can help. We can connect. We're humans. That's what we live for. That's what we need. That's part of our genetic makeup is humans. That connection, that support is what we need. That's why sharing is honestly a, a pretty cool thing. You know, other parents are, and just remember a couple things here. This is where I'll wrap up on parent, on sharing. Remember to be kind. Remember, other parents are dealing with issues and child behavior that we know nothing about. We know nothing about their circumstances. We know nothing about their family dynamic. We know nothing that's going on in that home. All that we can do, be kind, be supportive. And all that matters at the end of the day is that our children are loved and we can skip the rest. I want to say thank you so much for being here today. You guys, seriously amazing. The support on our first big episode of the Young Dad Podcast, the support on these has just been kind of just amazing. You know, you never expect to people to listen and to come back and listen and then to support and send you messages and say, keep going, or I really like what you said about that. You never expect it. It's what you want, but at the same time, you're not really doing it for that. You're doing it for you because you want to tell your story. You want to hopefully have that impact on someone and just know that what you're creating is is good for the world and so I really appreciate you guys and your support there definitely share it follow us on Instagram Facebook Twitter you can find us on Facebook at Ballboy Media you can find us on Instagram at Young Dad Pod you can find us on Twitter at Young Dad Pod you can find us on TikTok under Ballboy Media. That's where we'll post videos, short clips of the podcast as well. Find us on all the socials. Follow us, follow us on all of them. 
And until next time, keep drinking those juice boxes, keep eating them snacks, and until we'll, until we talk next time.